Hey, Mystery Seekers, welcome back. I'm your host, Ken the Storyteller, and today the tale is called The Child That Never Had a Chance. For years in the 1800s, in the 1900s, juveniles died before their 18th birthday due to unfair laws and prejudiced people in the courts. Most were innocent, which is even terrible, and I can't even imagine the loss their loved ones felt. So when you're ready, mystery seekers, jump on board this coaster and travel through the mysterious mind of Ken the Storyteller as I discuss Fortin Ferguson Jr., a real person who's lost his life to terrible circumstances. Fortin Ferguson Jr. was an African-American boy who unfortunately was put to death on April 27, 1927 at the age of 16 for an alleged rape of a white eight-year-old girl in Alchua, Florida at 2.30 p.m. Fortin earlier would spend three long years fighting his death sentence. He was turned down by the courts several times. They just wouldn't overturn his conviction when he pled he was innocent with also a mental disability and was just 13 at the time when he was sentenced by Judge A.V. Long just three short weeks after the alleged crime. In most states at the time, it was considered cruel and unusual punishment to put juveniles to death but Alchua County didn't follow that. So May of 1924, only 24 hours after alleged crime, Fortin was arrested, indicted, tried, and convicted. It said Fortin's case was the quickest on record completed, and the commissions of Alchua refused to pay for Fortin's boarding later on down the line if he wasn't gonna be put to death. So Governor John Martin signed a death warrant in disgust because he didn't even believe in capital punishment at least someone thought that was bullshit. On September 23, 1924, Fortin was first led into the death chambers to be put to death by electrocution in the new chair at Rayford Prison. Fortunately, he got a stay last minute after being strapped down by the team of law officials ready to die. The press never told his age, which he was 13 at the time. Fortin became the joke of the press. They made statements like the Negro boy would be the first to die of the chair, as if he was an experiment. He was a kid about to die for a crime I'm still questioning. No disrespect to the victim whatsoever. She deserves true justice, and I believe Fortin wasn't her assailant after doing my research. What I don't understand is why was a 13-year-old boy being sentenced to death for rape when no one was murdered? Some people of our time are let off the hook for crimes like that, and it's just so sad and tragic what happened to the alleged victim in Fortin, two young people whose lives were altered for the worse. Did Fortin really stand a chance? Did his legal team really fight hard for him? So many questions I asked myself as I researched his case. And what's also so mind-blowing, I couldn't find any information on his birthday, his family, or his life. It just seems like the poor boy was erased from history. As of 2020, Fortin Ferguson Jr. judgment still stands. I hope and pray one day the truth will be revealed, both for the eight-year-old girl and Fortin. Thank you for tuning in today for some true crime. If you'd like to be the first to know when I release episodes or receive information on my projects, please follow me on Instagram as Ken the Storyteller. Also follow me on YouTube as Ken the Storyteller Williams Manual for more tales in video form. Mystery Seekers, grab your new version of Mystify Volume 1 this week for $1.99 at my Book Baby Bookshop page, which is in the episode description. Please keep a watch out for my second book coming January of 2021. Yes, it was supposed to be out this early December. However, 
due to COVID-19, orders are backed up at the publication, so hang tight. Mystery Seekers, so I can bring you more tales a week, please help support my podcast by following, sharing, or donating a small amount by hitting the support tab if you can. And thank you for all your support. Until next time, keep a watch out for the mystifying world of suspense, horror, and thrills with your host, Ken the Storyteller. And please stick around for the bonus with Eric. We need some positivity after this episode. Welcome to the bonus, Mystery Seekers. Join me as Eric takes us into more sport enlightenment. Hello there, I'm back. This time I'm bringing some more energy. The Washington football team is still alive in this playoff hunt. And we're heading into week 13. They may not have an identity yet, but I'll tell you what. They are a, a resilient football team. They have no quit in them. And I want America to know that. They're about to take on 11-0 undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers team. Monday at 4 o'clock, and what an opportunity for my Washington football team. They are playing for meaningful football this late in the year, and I haven't felt this way since 87 when they had a team that just never, never, never quit. (laughs) And I'm going to tell you, bringing in Ron Rivera as their head coach to change this culture it is heading into the right direction because he's got a leader in Terry McLaurin, a third-round pick two years ago, that the other guy from Ohio State was supposed to be the best wide receiver, and they drafted Terry McLaurin of his character, and this is all you hear is Terry McLaurin. And you don't hear about the other guy. Hell, I don't even know his name anymore. So I'm telling you, this team is resilient. They just keep fighting. And they're going to have a huge challenge. I get that. Monday at 4 o'clock. But I'm, I'm ready for the challenge. And I'm going to sit back and I'm going to watch. And I'm going to try to be calm. But this is huge. Washington has no quit. And I want the world to know that. And I'm going to tell you, that Coach Ryan Rivera has came in with a plan. His plan was he wanted to change the culture. He wanted players that work. And he wanted players that will never quit and you're starting to see that if you ever watch a Washington football team football game Thursday against Dallas is a prime example you have an offensive player that ran down a defensive player at least 20 yards and saved the interception for a touchdown that could have swung that whole momentum against Washington but since Terry McLaurin never quit as I've been talking about his hard work to me, that was a difference in that game, and they went it on, and they put a route on Dallas, and that was the first time they swept Dallas since 2012. But I am pumped, I am hyped, and I love the situation in front of these boys. Yeah, their back's up against the wall, but I'm going to tell you something. They're a different team from what they was a month ago. Why? Because they kept coming to work, they kept coming to work, and they kept coming to work. And now we're going to see again in front of the national stage how they measure up against the undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers. So I am pumped. And like I said, hell, this is the first time I took a day off from work just to watch football. (laughs) But I cannot. I cannot. What's the word I'm looking for? I'm so excited. I don't even know. I cannot pass up on any of these games. 
Whether they win or lose, this is a different field just to watch this team revamp, remold, and rebuild. And I'm loving every bit of it, even with a loss. Even with a loss, I'm loving every bit of it because I know what the future holds for them. Thanks. Anytime. Eric is a super fan and it's awesome, Mystery Seekers. Well, I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.